All right, Genesis chapter 32. If you're there, say amen. amen. All righty, we're going to start in verse 24. Start in verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for uh, an awesome opportunity to study your word. Lord, I'm always mindful of the fact um, of the importance uh, of where I stand right now, um, that I'm not standing on on my own ability. I'm not standing here as representation of Buchanan Jackson. I'm standing here as a representation of you. Um, And Lord, I pray right now um, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that you would give me the words um, that, that would not only minister to me, but that you would give me the words to minister to the people. And Lord, that we would leave tonight knowing that you changed us from the inside out. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Okay, the, the, the title of the message tonight, the title of the message is Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis. And, and we're going to look at some things in here and, and, and kind of see, do, do some of us have a tendency to kind of lose our identity? or really not know our identity. And we're going to look at the, at the story of Jacob and how he kind of lost his identity. Before we get started, though, what got me to thinking about this and how God started working in my mind and working in my heart um, was actually an inspiration from Facebook. I know it's kind of funny that you get inspiration from God from Facebook. Um, there's not a lot of things on Facebook that I get inspiration from, but this was one of them. Um, but w- there was a trend um, probably about a couple months ago that there were all these questions that people were answering about themselves, okay? And some of them were, were pretty profound. Some of them were a little uh, uh, comedic at times. Um, but it seemed like er- that was the trend that everybody was answering all these questions about themselves. If, you've ever, if, you, if you saw that on Facebook a couple months ago, raise your hand. Okay. Well, to help us kind of see um, wh- how people are, 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 are finding their identity in life, because obviously we find our identity through Facebook, um, I'm going to read just, just a, a, a sampling of questions that some people were answering about themselves. So one was, what should your theme song be? What mental disorder do you kind of have? What is your brain gender? Which TV mom would you mo- be most like? What adjective describes you? What kind of old person will you be? Which fairy tale character are you? What kind of best friend are you? What is your happy word? What is your real age? What herb are you? What flower are you? What kind of dog are you? What Disney song is your personal anthem? Which Bible person are you? I guess that's pretty good. Which hair color suits your personality? What is your high school stereotype? What two words describe you? Um, What is your Bible life first? What is your personality type? This is one of my favorite. If you lived in Pooh Corner... Which poo character would you be? Um, uh, what, do you, what do your eyes mean? Which decade should you have been born in? Is your soul hippie, goth, or punk? What type of butterfly are you? Which of the four divine states are you? Are you wild, sophisticated, or fun? 
your best friend, uh, what best friend are you? What is your subconscious nationality? Um, what song was actually written about you? Which Greek god are you? What kind of woman are you? I didn't answer that one. <laughs> what kind of jewelry are you? What new world wonder are you? Which X-Men villain are you? What were you born to do? What country in the world best fits your personality? What ocean animal are you? And this person was a dolphin. What type of person are you? What jewel are you? What emotion are you guided by? What is your spiritual power? Which country music are you? Um, country music song, excuse me. Uh, which Disney royalty are you most like? Which boy meets world character are you? What type of southern woman are you? What kind of rebel are you? What kind of mind do you have? What decade are you? What would you be in the Wild West? What U.S. state should you live in? What kind of storm are you? What kind of wife are you? Which seven dwarf are you? What is your calling? Which, which, which the Andy Griffith Show character are you? Which Bible verse describes you? I guess I'd be Gomer or something. I don't know. What dance are you? What is your angel name? What type of woman are you? Also didn't answer that one as well. What kind of noise are you? What member of the Justice League are you? Which Anne of Green, Cable, Anne of Green Gables character are you? Which golden girl are you? Which word best describes you? What would be your Native American name? What type of shark are you? What ice cream are you? What natural phenomenon are you? What Transformers character are you? How is your temper? Which 80s heavy metal band should you be in? Which movie musical are you? How southern are you? What 60s stereotype are you? Which goddess would you be? What should be your nickname? How old are you at heart? Which 80s movie should you be in? Which Gone with the Wind character are you? What type of parent are you? Which U.S. president are you? Which holiday are you? I love this one. How redneck are you? How many children should you have? How Chicago are you? Which Disney couple are you and your significant other? What kind of teacher are you? What does your name mean? What true blood character are you? And finally, the best one of all, what is your old person name? Okay? That was a lot of questions, wasn't it? That was, I mean, I had to flip the page over once and then went over the third page, okay? But all these questions really have the, are all the same question. And that question is, who am I? Who am I? Okay? So, so hopefully nobody bases their identity on the answers given to this Facebook quiz. And some of y'all that took those Facebook quiz are just offended because I just said that, okay? That it, it doesn't matter which Disney character you are, okay? It's okay. That's not who you are. But I do think there are other outside factors that do influence our identity. Or let me say that we let influence our identity, if that makes sense. Um, have you ever, have you based your identity sometimes on family expectations? Your, 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 your parents said, you're going to be this, but you weren't. Or um, you, 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 everybody thought, well, they're, they're going to do great and wonderful things, and then you didn't. Or maybe you failed, and you base your identity on that failure and, and what your family expectations were. Maybe you sometimes base your identity about on, on what you do for a living. Maybe your job title. Hey, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. Okay? But maybe you say, I'm just this. I'm just a factory worker. Or I'm just a secretary. Okay? Maybe on our circumstances. We base our identity on our circumstances. What kind of circumstances? Maybe it's our medical circumstances. You know, I have cancer. I have diabetes. 
my medical condition, maybe our financial situation. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm poor. I don't have enough to get, make the ends meet. Or maybe you're rich. That's not me, but maybe you are, okay? Uh, maybe you're relational. I'm divorced. I'm single. single. I'm a widow, okay? Maybe our significant other or our spouse. Maybe it's a sense of, and, and, and this is kind of my soapbox, but uh, it seems like, it, especially a young single, it's all about, when am I going to get married? Who's, where, where, where's that man in my life? Or where's that woman in my life? Because that's going to be my identity. I've got to find that individual. But sometimes our spouse, too, in the sense of, uh, of our spouse is this or our spouse is that. And I'm not, I'm not Buchanan. I'm, I'm, I'm Katie's husband, okay? Um, our children. Do we sometimes base our identity on our children? Well, you know, little Johnny over here, he's really good at sports, so my identity is all wrapped up in the fact that little Johnny is so great at sports. Or, or my, my daughter is the, is the pageant queen. And so my identity is all wrapped up in the fact of what my children are or not. Maybe our, our, our childhood, teenage, childhood or teenage labels. I'm a jock. I'm a nerd. I'm, 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 I'm a social outcast. Okay. Or maybe it's just stuff. Maybe we base our identity on, you know, it's, it, 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 do you know who I am? I, I, I drive a BMW. I don't, but you may. Um, but I drive this, or I drive that, or I live in this community, or that community. I live in that house, or this house, or I have the, the greatest toy there is. I've, I've got my four-wheeler, I've got my jet skis, I've, I've got all this stuff, and this is my identity. My identity. So let's talk, about, let's talk about Jacob and Esau for a little bit. Let's talk about Jacob and Esau. And I'm just going to kind of walk through the story for those of y'all that don't know. It's probably a very familiar story to a lot of y'all. But um, Jacob had an identity crisis, an identity crisis, or let me say this, a perceived identity crisis. Um, if you don't understand about uh, Jacob and Esau, uh, Jacob and Esau are the, the sons of um, Isaac and Rebekah. Isaac is the son of Abraham. And they are twins, okay? It's the first recorded in the Bible of we see twins. And so they're twins, and Esau comes out first, and Jacob is holding on to his heel. Now, that's significant because in that time, we don't do this now, I hope we don't, um, it was very, very, very significant when you were born, okay? The firstborn got a lot of, um, uh, of attention, but also had certain things that, that were um, given to them only because uh, of, of them being firstborn. And what you see in the sense of is, is some struggle there between Jacob and Esau, even before they're even born, because they wrestled with each other in the womb. But you, but you see Jacob, the whole entire time, he's, he's, he despises Esau because he was just born a few minutes earlier, and he's going to get those, those, those things. The two things that are very important to every single um, uh, firstborn in this time is you have two things they're going to get. One is, is the birthright. And since they are firstborn, so that they have that birthright, they are the firstborn, and then also they're going to get the blessing. Okay, So by far, because Esau was born just a few moments earlier, he's going to get so much more uh, than his brother Jacob. And so um, uh, Jacob knows this. He's, 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 he doesn't like it. 
He grows up knowing this. Um, and so Esau's got the birthright. Esau's got the blessing. And all Jacob consumes himself with is, I want those two things. I want the birthright. I want the blessing. I want the birthright. I want the blessing. So if you know this story, um, it goes along. And Esau is very good at hunting. Um, but um, uh, Jacob is really good in the kitchen. Okay? Uh, so, uh, so Isaac loves, loves his oldest son because he goes out and hunts. So basically, um, Esau goes out, gets the food, brings it in, and Jacob cooks it for everybody, okay? Well, he goes out one day, Esau goes out one day and goes hunting, uh, is out for a long time, comes in, and there's Jacob making some stew. And Esau comes in and says, I'm famished. I'm about to die. Can I get some of your stew? And Jacob, being the nice brother that he is, um, he decides that this is a great opportunity to have a discussion with his brother about something he wants. And so he says, of course I'll give you a, a, some stew, but the only thing I want in return is your birthright. I want your birthright. So Esau, not, hopefully not thinking, probably not in his right mind, um, think he's going to famish, he's going to die. He takes the stew and gives away his birthright. So now Jacob has the birthright. But in the sense of this is a, a, a discussion and or an agreement between him and Esau. But the, but the parents don't know this, obviously. And so it rocks along a little bit longer. And so um, it comes to this point to where Isaac is going to bless um, his, his oldest. And it's Esau, obviously. And so he goes out there and he says, hey, go, go get me something. Come back and, and, and I'll give you that blessing. And so his mom... And Jacob and Esau's mom sees that, and his mom, Rebecca, likes Jacob a little bit more. Um, that's, that's not right, but he does, she does. Um, so what she does is she proceeds to say, hey, he's about to give the blessing. Well, he, Jacob says, well, it is what it is, okay, but I really want that blessing. Well, that's fine. What we'll do is, is we'll put hair all over you, and we'll make you feel like Esau, because your dad can't see very well at this point, and we'll send you in there and... And, and he'll, hopefully he'll give you the blessing. So he goes in there, does all that. Isaac says, you feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob, but blesses him anyways. So now Jacob has the birthright and the blessing. The two things he really wanted, because that's all it was. It was about, I was not firstborn, I want to be firstborn, that's my identity, and you took it away, so I'm taking the two things that go along with identity. And what happens is Esau finds out, and what does Jacob do? He runs. He runs. And he loses out on that. Now, we'll come back to that in just a minute. But he flees. He goes away. Now, he had an identity problem. If we're all being honest, and when I said some of those uh, things that we looked at or, or talked about, we do all have a tendency to sometimes wrap our identity up in the things of this world, don't we? Okay? But what, I'm gonna, what we're going to look at is what should be the basis of, of your true identity? What should be the basis of your true identity? So number one, if you're taking notes, and I've, I've got three points, that's all I always do. Here we go, three points, okay? Number one, you were created by God. The first basis of your true identity was that you were created by God. Psalm 103, uh, 100 verse 3, know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He had made us. 
Isaiah 64, 8. But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay, and thou art the potter, and we are the work of thy hand. You were created by God. Now, let me say in this standpoint, let me tell you about some things. Um, there are some physical attributes about myself that I really don't like. Anybody relate to me that you have a little physical attributes you really don't like about yourself? Okay. There are a couple things I don't like about myself. One is my height. Um, my dad is 6'2", and my whole entire life I told I was going to be taller than my dad, I'm going to be taller than my dad, I'm going to be taller than my dad. I'm 5'11 and a half. I didn't get there. I didn't get to six foot. I, that was the one thing. Come on, at least let me get to six foot. But I'm 5'11 and a half, okay? With shoes on, I'm probably six foot, but I'm right there. Uh, facial hair. Um, I, I was a little bit of a late bloomer, um, so I, did not, I was not able to grow facial hair for a long time. And once I was able to grow facial hair in my 30s, it started turning gray, okay? So I didn't really get to enjoy it very much because it was a different color than I really wanted. Um, my ears, my ears, and if y'all, if y'all look at my ears right now, I'm, I'm going to give it a hard time, okay? My ears are a little bit large, okay? I understand that. I understand the short haircut makes it look even worse, but I'm losing my hair, so I'm going short, okay? But my ears are, are, are big, and, and I feel like they have, they, 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 they're not like completely pointy, but they do have, they do have a tendency to kind of go towards a point. Um, <laughs> So when I was watching Star Trek when I was a kid, I really didn't like what I was seeing because I thought they were going that way like I was going to be a Vulcan or something. But I don't like my ears, okay? I just don't like my ears. Um, um, I, I, I wanted to be blonde hair and blue-eyed. My dad has blue eyes, um, but my dad has red hair and my mom has uh, uh, black hair. So blonde hair wasn't going to work. But uh, that, that was one of those things that I thought, you know, I can fix this. So um, when I was um, 19 years old, I was working at Cracker Barrel, a good friend of mine, Chris Kramer, he thought it would be good I did a colors hair too. Um, so I went to, the, to Walmart, and I, I looked at all the boxes, and one said born blonde. So I thought, well, it says born blonde, so that must mean it's going to work completely. Um, for all the dark-headed individuals in here that have ever tried to go buy Born Blonde or, or um, was it Nice and Easy? I think it used to be there. Nice and Easy. Um, when you put blonde color on dark hair, you do get a color. But the color you get is bright. You get bright orange. You get bright orange. Um, and so uh, my... Katie didn't want me to say this, but at the time we were married. Um, so uh, she, she proceeded to tell me that we were going to go fix that in the morning, and we paid $40 to turn my hair back to, it is dark brown. My hair is not black. My hair is dark brown. Okay? So um, th those are some things that I've, I've tried to change about myself because um, we weren't going to do anything with the ears and the facial hair was what it was, but I definitely was going to try to change my hair color. Now, uh, now and, and that's just a funny thing, but, but this is how God made me, okay? I'm not, I'm not supposed to argue with this. This is how God made me, okay? Now, let, let's go not just in the physical attributes, but just in the sense of the, of, of the personality and, and how God has put me in there. Um, when I was in elementary school, and I don't know if this is still true today, and there were two sections to the report card, Okay? And, and when I, I grew up in Georgia, so we didn't get A, B, C's, and D's. We got, 
We got E's, S's, N's, and U's. Um, I got E for excellent, uh, S for satisfactory, N for needs improvement, and U for unsatisfactory. So that was my grading system. That was on my academic side of my report card. But on the other side of the report card, there was this one, there was a section called discipline. And there was like 42 things on there that you could get in trouble for. And, uh, and uh, every single time, I got straight E's on everything but one. And I got an N. I never got a U, okay? But I got an N in needs to control talking. <laughs> that was my, that was my, that was my um, behavior problem that I had. Now, I will say this. Um, standing here right now, I'm so glad I had that disciplinary problem, okay? Because obviously God has used that um, to be an encouragement, hopefully, to y'all tonight and be a blessing. Um, but if you know me, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm incredibly shy. But once you get to know me, you can't shut me up, okay? Um, so some of you are like, oh, maybe I don't want to be friends with Buchanan. Please. <laughs> There's enough of us to go around, I promise you. I'll, I'll, you'll get tired of hearing me. Uh, Jeff Robertson's sometimes my, my victim, because I'll, I'll get and talk to him, and it's 30 minutes later, and he's like, hey, man, i got to go work now, thanks. Um, but uh, that's exactly how he does it, too. Um, but that's how God created me. That's how God created me. That's what God put in me. I'm a talker, okay? Some of y'all are not a talker. I'm a talker. And, I, and I've tried to, to, to be, be quieter, and, and I do need to hold my tongue at times, but I'm a talker. That's how God made me. I'm a talker, Okay? Genesis 1, 26 through 27. And God said, let us make man in our own image, after our, own, after our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. If there are things about you that you don't like, don't do that because God created you. And when you, say, when you say there's things I don't like about myself, you're saying there's things I don't like about the image of God. You were created in the image of God. You were created by God. And I want to tell everybody in this room, God don't make no junk. I like, that ain't good English, but that's okay. See, when you say that ain't good English and you use the word ain't while you're saying that, that means you're really not using good English, okay? But God don't make no junk, okay? So you were created by God. The first base of your identity was that you were created by God, okay? Number two, number two, the, the other basis for your true identity is your relationship with God, your relationship with God, your relationship with God. Now, I, I'll, I'll say this, um, I feel like I'm going through my life right now. I talked about elementary school. Let's talk about middle school. Oh, boy. Um, anybody in here that middle school was tough? And I don't mean academically, okay? <laughs> um, let, me describe, let me describe my middle school. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you four things about myself in middle school, and then you'll know how tough my middle school life was. Um, I, 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 was I, I had glasses. I had braces. Um, I was about 40 pounds overweight, and I had a bowl cut. Um, if you don't know what a bowl cut is, go home, stick a bowl on your head, and then cut around it. That's what I had, okay? Um, 
Josh Stapleton said, do you have any pictures? And I was like, I don't care if I had pictures. I'm not going to show them up here. I don't want you, I want y'all to take that visual. But um, how many of y'all know people in middle school can be very cruel and mean, okay? So I had, I had, the, I had like the four sins, I think. It, just the sense of, you know, hey, you have glasses, you have braces, you're overweight, and you have a bad haircut. I mean, that is a recipe for disaster for middle school. And so, um, I, I, I've, as you can well know, um, as middle schoolers are brutal, I was made fun of a lot, okay? So don't make fun of me because I may cry because that's my past. I'm just kidding. That's a joke, okay? <laughs> Some of y'all really. But here's the deal. Um, I'm incredibly, I'll, I'll be, I'm, now we're going to have to be really transparent right here, really transparent. I'll be transparent if you'll be transparent. I'm incredibly insecure. I'm incredibly insecure. Um, I, I, I'm very insecure about the, the way I look, but more the way people perceive me. Um, I'm incredibly insecure. And if we're being honest with ourselves, probably all of us in here have some level of insecurity, okay? Um, and so my relationship with God in the sense of, and, and, and we'll talk about what our relationship with God and how it affects those things. Um, but I, what I want you to understand is that it's so easy for us to to base our identity and or change our identity to hopefully make everybody here happy. Okay, we, we don't think about making God happy. We think about what do people think about us. And so I'm going to be, I was watching a, a, a video today and it had these people wearing masks. And one person comes around, they wear this one mask and they get into another crowd and they take off and it's a different mask. It's like they, we, we want to show, we want to make sure we, okay, if I need to, if I'm supposed to act like this around this crowd, then I'm going to do that. And then if I need to act like this around this crowd, then I'll do that. If I act like this, I'll act on this crowd. Because we worry about what other, every people, everybody thinks about us, right? I, I, I'm a people pleaser. I don't know about you. I don't like people not liking me. I like me, and I think everybody else should like me. They don't, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I get caught up in making sure everybody likes me and everybody... But, but it, it, what people think of me really is irrelevant because the only thing that really matters is what God thinks of me and how God wants to change me. Because I, I said you were created by God, and yes, you were created by God. God. God put you in a certain way, but in the sense of when I get saved, God sees some things in me that he needs to change. And that's the person that I need. He needs to tell me what I need to change. And I need to change not because I'm trying to please everybody else. I want to change because I want to please God and how he wants me to be. And when I do that, then it really doesn't matter what any of these people think because it's all about my relationship with God. Now, let's look at that in our relationship with God. Turn with me. Turn with me to John 15. Turn with me to John 15 because we're in a lot of Scripture in this one. John 15. John 15. We're going to start in verse 1. John is in your New Testament. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So John 15. If you're close, say amen. amen. All right. You'll get there. Here we go. All right. Verse 1. I am, the true, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that he may bring forth much more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now here we go. Abide in me. Abide in me. That means to rest or to dwell in. And I in you. 
As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth, there's that word again, in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth, cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so, I, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. How many times do we try to please everybody and think that's going to make us happy? It says right here, if we abide in him, he's going to make our joy so full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do so whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in your name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. This is important right here, verse 18. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So the sense of the very end of that verse is if the world loves you and thinks you're great and wonderful, we're probably doing it wrong. Because the way we live our life, if we're going to please God, the world may not like it. But if I'm pleasing him and I'm abiding in him and I'm loving him and I'm following his commandments, it does not matter at all what the world thinks. It's about the love I have for God and my relationship with him. My relationship with him. Romans 12, 1 through 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed. Don't change who you are for this world. Don't conform to this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the first basis of your true identity is you were created by God and God don't make no junk. Okay? That's my sub point. <laughs> the next thing is, is your, your basis for your true identity is your relationship with God. If you need to change, let God change you. Don't let other people change you. You fo focus on Him. And I will say in the sense of if you focus on him and do right by him, then you will do right by other people, okay? And you'll be a leader in that way instead of being a follower in the sense of trying to become something you're not. So you were created by God, your relationship with God. And, and number three, your base of your true identity is to bring glory to God. Amen. To bring glory to God. 
Let me read you some verses here. Psalm 29, 1 through 2. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. John, uh, John 14, 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Why does God answer your prayers? It's not for your benefit. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God answers your prayers because he wants to get glory. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore you eat or you drink, and whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whatever you do, whatever you do, if you're eating, do it for the glory of God. If you're drinking, do it for the glory of God. If you're going to work today, do it for the glory of God. If you're, if you're, um, if you're spending time with your children, do it for the glory of God. If you're spending time with your spouse, do it for the glory of God. Do everything for the glory of God. Well, what if people talk about me? Who cares? If it's bringing God glory, and I will say this. Some people say, well, what am I called to do? I'm called to be a doctor. Okay, maybe you are called to be a doctor. But ultimately, you're called to give glory to God. Every single morning, you should wake up and say, okay, God, how am I going to give you glory in this? How am I going to give you glory in this? Okay, here's a situation at work. Am I, am I, am I going to cheat and, and lie and, and do this? Or am I going to live and I'm going to work like I'm giving God the glory? And everything I'm doing, I'm giving God the glory. When, when there's a, a situation at school and I'm going into school, am I going to give God the glory in this? Or am I going to crumble to what the world thinks I should or should not do? Okay? 1 Corinthians 6.20, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. And I love this, which are God's. Which are God's. You are bought with a price. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He purchased you. And, and, and now your body, your spirit, they are God's. And they are to bring him glory. Matthew 5.19, Let your light so shine before men they may, that they may see your good works and glorify you. No. Let, the light, let your light so shine before men they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Your responsibility, your true identity, if you are bringing glory to God, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, what everybody, anybody else thinks you should or should not be doing. If you're bringing glory to God, that's your identity. Is what you're doing for him. So we were created by God. We had a relationship with God. And we bring glory to God. Now let's go back. Let's go back into Genesis. If you didn't, get, if you didn't hold your place, that's okay. We'll put it on the screen. Let's go back to Jacob and Esau. Let's go back to Jacob and Esau. And we're going to read the same exact verses that we talked about. Now, let me catch you up to where we are, okay? We stopped our story when Jacob flees. Esau's going to kill him, and Jacob gets out of town, okay? Now, some time has passed, okay? Uh, Jacob is now, um, now is married, um, actually married twice because um, he served for seven years, 
and got Leah, and then served for seven years to get Rachel. Um, so we're in a different place right now. And he hears that, that Esau is coming, and he's scared to death. He's scared to death. But let's go back to our verse. Before he ever, he's about to meet back up with Esau. He thinks that Esau is going to kill him because he's, just, he's had all these years for the anger to be kindled. And here's the deal. So go back to verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. Okay? And we don't know who that man is. Uh, some people say it was Jesus. Um, some people say it was an angel. But there was, there was somebody there that he wrestled with. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was not of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, and said, and he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. So Jacob is saying to this man, I'll let you go, but you've got to bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as the prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And he blessed him there. Why was it so significant? And let's just assume that this was, this was, this was Jesus or an angel. For whatever, whoever that was that person would have known the name of the person he was wrestling with. He would have known. So was the question, what is your name, for the benefit of the man, or was it for the benefit of Jacob? Because for his whole entire life, all he thought about was being who? Esau. He wanted to be Esau. He wanted to be Esau. He wanted to be Esau. He wanted Esau's birthright. He wanted Esau's blessing. He wanted to be Esau. And at this point, he wants to be blessed. He wants to be blessed, but he will not bless him. He will not bless him. God could not bless him until he accepted who he truly was. Let that sink in for just a minute. God couldn't bless him. What is your name? What is your name? You've been acting like you want to be Esau this whole entire time. What is your name? I'm Jacob. That's who I am. I'm Jacob. I'm second born of my father. I, don't, I, I had no right to the birthright. I had no right to the blessing. I am Jacob. I am Jacob. Now, some of you might say, you know what? I have a great life. And you know what? He had a great life, too. Jacob had a really good life going on at that point. He had money at that point. He had, he had a, a wife. He had success. But my question to you is, are we settling for good instead of experiencing the best? Are we settling for what this world has to offer? That this world, this world's level of success, this world says, I've got to be accepted to people. Everybody's got to like me. You know, as, as long as I'm, I'm doing what I like and what I'm passionate about, that's all that matters. Are we sacrificing, are we settling for good instead of experiencing the best? Because why did Jesus come to this earth? He tells us in John 10.10 10 at the end that you might have life and have it more abundantly. How many, how, how many of y'all get tired of the, of the rat race of trying to make everybody happy? That's exhausting. It's exhausting. 
Because er, er, once I feel like I've got everybody happy, then I turn around and there's somebody else mad at me. Once I feel like that I, I, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, then the walls come crashing down. Okay? And like I said, he had, he had a great, he had a gr- good life at this point. But once he accepted who he was, God used him to form a great nation. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And out of Jacob's life births the nation of Israel. And I'll say this, when Moses is at the burning bush, later on in the story in Genesis, when Moses is at the burning bush and Moses asks God, who do I say that sent me? What does God say? Let's look, Exodus 3, 14 through 15. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am sent me unto thee. And God said moreover to Moses, Thus shalt, uh, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. And it's in a lot of times in Scripture in the sense of he was the God of Jacob. Not the God of Esau. He was the God of Jacob. He didn't even say God of Israel. It's a sense of when, when he, he accepted who he truly was, that God blessed him, and he has a legacy from here on out that, that, that goes throughout the lineage of Christ in the sense of I'm the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Every single one of those are firstborn, except for Jacob. But once he accepted who he was, then he put, God put him in the place he, he was supposed to be. Has sent me unto you, and this is the name forever. This is my memorial unto your generations. Now let's, uh, let's uh, I'll wrap this up, and then I got a, I got a prize for you. And y'all been with me, you know I like to give out prizes. Um, I gave out a sand timer one time, I gave out a penny, and there's something else. And I got, I've got my, my peeps ready to go to the doors in many minutes, okay? Um, but I promised myself the last time um, we, we had a, or, or excuse me, the, when I, I preached a message about being trusted with the gospel, I made a promise to myself that I would never leave a message without giving people uh, an opportunity to, to accept and or understand about the gospel. Um, and I want you to understand, if you are saved, all three points, all three points are for you. But if you're not, you're missing two of the three points. You were created by God. Everybody in here was created by God, okay? But without Christ, you cannot have a relationship with God. And without Christ, you cannot bring glory to God. And so if if you're in a place right now and you say, you know what, I'm not saved, God has a great, wonderful, awesome plan for your life and wants to use you in a great way um, and, and not just in the sense of just for his benefit, do because we do give him glory, and that is for his benefit. But I promise you, and I'll, I'll ask this, if you're saved in here, when you, when you bring honor and glory to God for his benefit and his benefit alone, do you get some benefits as well? Say amen. amen. That's an awesome testimony right there. That's personal experience saying, you know what? Living for Christ has, ma- has made an impact on my life. So if you're one of those people and you say, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't know Christ I want to know more about Christ. Please, um, we'll, we'll do this. Uh, I'm not prepared. But if you're, if you're an altar worker or have ever been an altar worker, stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Okay, now everybody, so we don't look like we're all, lo- everybody look around. 
We don't know who's looking, okay? Everybody look around. Find these people. Find these people. Altar workers, would you love to talk to somebody about Christ tonight? Yeah. Amen. All right. Okay, you can have a seat. All right? So don't, don't leave this building without, because I promise you, knowing Christ is the best decision of your life, and I promise you, your identity, starting your, starting your Christian walk out, knowing this is going to save you a lot of heartache down the road. Because a lot of us Christians, and maybe we don't admit it in here, but we haven't been very good at some of this stuff. Okay? Um, now let's talk about our prize. Let's talk about our prize. It may not be that good of a prize, but it is a prize, okay? All right. Um, so I, I always like to leave you with a challenge, and I want to leave you with a reminder. And so um, uh, with some help today, um, I, we printed off these little cards, and I'll describe it, and then when you get it, you'll understand, um, and you'll be able to see it. But it says on the top of it, your true identity. Your true identity. And what it has on there is it has a fingerprint because every single person's fingerprint in here is different. That's the one thing that's unique about everybody in here. We all have different fingerprints, okay? So we're all unique in very different ways. But on top of that fingerprint is a cross because you, we are all very different in here. But if we have Christ... Our identity is not based on who, who we are or who we think we are. Our identity is based solely on one person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Okay? So your true identity is based in Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to do something with this, okay? Because um, some, some of y'all may do this, some of you may not, but I would, I would challenge you. Because I'm going to do this tonight when I get home. Um, I want you to take this little card, and when you get home, I want you to put it on your mirror. Okay? Hopefully everybody's going to look at their mirror at some point um, during the day. If you haven't, we need to start, okay? Um, um, but everybody's going to look at their mirror. And I would encourage you preferably to do it in the morning um, because if you don't, you may be surprised when you get home when you look in your mirror, okay? But everybody's going to look in their mirror. I'm just being funny. But, just, um, but I want you to put it on your mirror. And here's what I want you to say. When, at the, in, the morning, in, the, in the morning, I want you to put that in your mirror, leave it there, and every time I want you to say, my true identity is found in Christ. He created me. He wants a relationship with me. And I want to bring glory to him. I'm going to say it one more time. My true identity is found in Christ. I'm going to look in the camera like I'm looking in the mirror. My true identity is found in Christ. He created me. He wants a relationship with me. And I want to bring glory to him. And I want you to say that to yourself every single day as a reminder that you understand that your identity is not based on what this world thinks it should be. It's not based on what everybody else thinks you should be. It's not based on what you do or not do. It is all based on Christ and Him, okay? Because you were created by God. You, have a you need to have a relationship with God, and you need to bring glory to him. Now, my volunteers, if y'all can get where you are, in the sense, I told you, David, I get done early. <laughs> David was like, you're going to give us an hour, right? I'm like, I always try to land the plane early. Land the plane. Early. Land the plan. Try that one. Um, <laughs> land the plane early. Okay. But I, I've got my volunteers that are going to be at the doors. Um, and so uh, I always pick ladies because they're friendly faces. Um, don't judge me for that, but some of y'all wouldn't go to a man, so there you go. Um, but um, 
oh well. I always say one thing that may get me fired, and that was my one thing that I just did. I say that all the time. I'm gonna just call them volunteers, and y'all can figure out their ladies when you walk out. That's what I'm gonna start doing. But um, but please pick, please pick one of these up, um, because I, I'm telling you, it's one of these things. And and this was a hard message for me, because I struggle so bad with this. I struggle real bad with this. I try to make everybody happy. I try to, to if, if somebody wants me to be this person, I'll become that person. Somebody wants me this person, I'll become that person. And it's all about, you know, I'm very insecure. I have my identity problems. But I, I promise you this is something that it's a truth that if you let it sink in, it'll, it'll lift the burden off of you tremendously, just knowing that my true identity is found in Christ. He created me. I'm going to have a relationship with him, and I want to bring glory to his name. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for um, just, just for, for the people at Temple Baptist Church. Uh, Lord, these are awesome people. Lord, I'm so um, incredibly humble uh, to be able to even stand in this place. Um, Lord God, thank you for our pastor. Um, Lord, what an encouragement is this place. Lord, he pours his heart and soul in this place week in and week out. And, and Lord, I, I, I know it, it's not about a man Lord, I'm thankful that you have uh, put him in this place for this specific time, and you, ha- and you have blessed him tremendously and blessed this church because of his leadership. Lord, I thank you for that. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that we would all leave here uh, knowing that our identity is only found in you. Um, Lord, we, we look at all the other things, and, and we want to put uh, so many other things ahead of you uh, when we base upon who, our identi- who we are, truly. And Lord God, I want everybody to be blessed in here. But like Jacob, we can't be blessed until we accept who we truly are. So Lord God, I just pray right now that you would give us a burden. Let this message follow us, not because it's me, but because it's the truth of your word. And Lord God, I pray that there would be somebody that would find encouragement tonight, knowing that you created them, you want to have a relationship with them, and, you want, and, they, and they want to bring glory to your name. But we love you. Thank you for all these things in your wonderful name. Amen.